up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim, and we are here for the week six recap. We're going to take a look at Big Ten power rankings, my national top 10, which let me be honest with you guys, the top 10 is really, really hard to rank. We're going to talk a little bit about the some of the controversy in the rankings. And then as I do the power rankings, I'm going to talk a little bit about how each team performed. Obviously, we're going to get to Iowa, Penn State, and what happened there. All that and more on the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your uh, podcasts, especially for Apple Podcasts. If you can leave a review, leave a rating, even if it's a one-star rating, I just want to know what you guys think. I'd love to hear your feedback, just how we're doing. Also, real quick, just a little heads up in terms of scheduling. So this is obviously going to release Tuesday morning. We're going to do our normal picks on Thursday morning. And then a mid-season review is going to happen either Saturday or Sunday morning. It depends on time and, and, and what I have time to do this week. But we're going to talk about everything kind of from week six and, and everything that preceded it. So whatever happens this week, if you listen to the mid-season review and you're like, wait a minute, that team's not 6-0, and they're 6-1, or they're 7-0, and or all that. Just realize we are doing the mid-season review. I'm recording before everything that happens in week seven, but it's probably going to come out. It'll either come out the morning of week seven games, or it'll come out later on. So just, just understand that. But we're, what we're going to do right now, I'm going to do power rankings, and then my national top 10, and we'll take a quick commercial break. I'm going to start from 14 and go all the way up. And let me just be real clear. And this is going to be true with my national top 10 as well. The power rankings are kind of in segments of difficulty to rank or tiers, I should say. And I would say there are four tiers, if, if I'm honest. There are four tiers of teams in this group and i would say 14 and 13 is a tier and then 12 through 8 is a tier and then 7 and 6 is a tier and then 5 through 1 is a tier okay so let me that's that's my disclaimer and then when we get to the national top 10 it it, it's a mess and we're going to talk more in depth about that after the commercial break but i'll just start by saying Number 14 is Northwestern. That hasn't changed. They were on a bye this past week. And the only reason why they're below Illinois is because Illinois actually beat a power five team. So Northwestern is 14. They have, their wins just don't, they don't measure up. Uh, They beat Indiana State and they they beat, uh, I'm trying to remember the other team that they beat. It was, uh, they beat Ohio. They beat Ohio. And they've just gotten shellacked by everybody else. So Northwestern 14, they haven't been shellacked. They, they lost by seven to Duke. They lost by 17 to Michigan State. But, I mean, they, they've been bad. Illinois 13, they, they lost 24 to nothing uh, to Wisconsin. They were ranked 13th le- last week. And Illinois, I thought they would put up more of a fight, but they, they did absolutely nothing. Uh, obviously, they, they put up zero. Art Sikowski played in that game. I, I honestly did not get a chance to watch much of that game. All I saw was that 
at halftime, Wisconsin was up 10 nothing, and Graham Mertz had thrown for like 17 yards and an interception. And I'm like, how how do you lose how are you losing 10 nothing when Graham Mertz has only thrown for like 17 yards? I I I'm not gonna go back and watch that game. I'm just gonna be flat out honest with you guys, not gonna watch it. Purdue is at 12, they were on a bye, and this kind of starts this next tier of teams. I just don't know where to rank them. So I have Purdue at 12. I have Minnesota at 11. They were also on a bye. Quite honestly, I, I have Purdue be- below Minnesota because Purdue lost to Minnesota. And I have Minnesota at 11 because Minnesota lost to freaking Bowling Green, who lost to Akron. So I'm just saying, don't lose to Bowling Green. And then you'll be out, out of the bottom four of this mess. And Purdue is just there by proxy, but Purdue can make their way up, especially they have a big game against Iowa this week. Number 10 is Maryland. People will be, might ask, why is Maryland 10th? They've lost, you know, to two really good teams in Ohio State and Iowa. They've lost by an average of 43 and a half points to Iowa and Ohio State. And they do this every year. If you're a Maryland fan, if you're a Maryland fan and you're like, we were 4-0, yeah, you do this every year, 2-0, or you're 3-0, or you're 4-0, and you have a great win at the beginning of the season. And everybody's like, maybe Maryland will do something. They've got some playmakers. They've got some dudes. This is great. And then you, then you face a real team. You face Iowa, and you face Ohio State. You lost by 37 to Iowa, and you were never in it. And you lost by 49 to Ohio State. It's, I, I mean, I'm so frustrated. I'm, I'm, I'm so disappointed in Maryland. I got the, the average point total wrong. It's not 43 and a half. It's 43. They, they lost by an average of 43 points to those two teams. They, they have stunk it up. I know they had injuries, but Maryland is at 10. And they're not getting any higher until they can prove to me that they can at least compete with a higher level Big Ten team. At Rutgers at nine, uh, they were eight last week. Maryland was six last week, by the way. But Rutgers is nine. They were eight last week. They lost 31 to 13 to Michigan State. That score is it's better than the game actually was. I think Michigan State had almost 600 yards in that game. But at least Rutgers kind of was in it for most of the game, just like they were kind of in it against Michigan. They were never really in it against Ohio state, but I think for Rutgers, they, the fact that they kept it within two scores for most of that game and they kept it really close with Michigan, I think is a huge step forward, but they're still, they're still in the bottom half of the big 10 number nine. I have Indiana at eight. They were on a bye this week, honestly, eight through 12. I felt like they were all pretty meh. Like I I could put them in any order, but I think Indiana would beat Rutgers in Maryland right now, even though their offense has been putrid. I think Indiana would, would be better. I have Wisconsin at seven. They were 10th last week. You know, they did the thing that uh, they were able to avoid the upset. You know, they, they won 24 to nothing, but, 
again, the passing game is just, there's just nothing there that's exciting right now in the passing game. And they're going to need that passing game, even with a lot of the, the difficulty in the West or the, the lack of difficulty, I should say, in the West. Number six, I have Nebraska. I had them seventh. And the sole reason why they're sixth is because aside from closing out games, they look competent. But I will say it, I cannot believe I put my faith in Scott Frost. And I cannot believe I put my faith in Adrian Martinez. I thought Nebraska would upset Michigan. And I am so disappointed in myself that I ever, ever put my hope in that idea. Of course, of course they struggled. Of course they fumble going into that, into the, into the last two minutes of that. Of course they do it. This is what Nebraska does under Scott Frost. And Nebraska has talent. They, they should be at minimum five and two right now. Maybe six and one, maybe even seven and oh. Uh, I just don't know. I, I don't know what to do with Nebraska, but they're sixth because I don't know who else I'm going to put there. I don't know who else I'm going to put there. Like, I, I, if I'm honest, I think Nebraska beats everybody else below. So I've got Nebraska six. I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel very confident about that, but Nebraska six. Michigan State, I have five. I had them at four last week. The reason why I dropped them is solely because while Michigan struggled against Nebraska, I'm looking at that Nebraska game in particular, Michigan was much more dynamic on offense against uh, Nebraska's defense. I think they put up over 400 yards. Michigan State really did not match Nebraska in terms of yardage. I think Nebraska was almost uh, two thirds, uh, either two thirds or 60% of what Nebraska put out in terms of total offense against Nebraska. And so that's, that's kind of the, the, the mark for me. And so I know that's, that's probably an unfair mark because you could say, well, what about the Rutgers game? You know, Michigan state beat Rutgers 31 to 13, Michigan beat them 20 to 13. But I also feel like Michigan Rutgers has had a rough stretch uh, the past couple, couple weeks. They had Michigan, then they had Ohio state, and then they get Michigan state. I, I almost feel like some of the yardage from Michigan state might be more out of exhaustion than anything else. So I, again, I, I feel like I could put Michigan and Michigan state. I feel like they're, they're pretty interchangeable at this point. Michigan at four, I had them fifth last week. They beat Nebraska. I, I think Nebraska lost it more than Michigan beat them, but they still got it done. I thought they controlled a good chunk of that game. Uh, I've got Ohio State three. They won 66 to 17 over Maryland. They could have named the score. You, you know, I, I was tempted to put Ohio State above Penn State and Iowa this week, but I, I've got to see them do it against real competition. And I don't mean that as a slight to Rutgers and Maryland, but 
Rutgers and Maryland, they're going to be lucky to, to make it to a bowl game, if we're being honest. Ohio State's got to do it against someone who is competing for the Big Ten championship. That Because right now, I don't know if it's real. I, I think it's real. I think, and we'll, we'll talk about this later on in the, uh, in the podcast, but I want to see Ohio State do it to someone real before I raise them any higher than I have them. So Ohio State at three. I've Penn State at two. They lost 23 to 20 to Iowa, obviously. Uh, it was a big game in Iowa City. And then Iowa at number one, they, they won that game. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But I'll say this. I think Iowa, by proxy of their record, is number one. I think Penn State's the better team. And that might upset some Iowa fans. But listen, for, for those of you who are, who are Iowa faithful, you had every advantage and you were down 20 to 10 and you needed a backup quarterback and like five other replacement players for Penn state to even have a shot to win that game in the fourth. Do you really think if you get Penn state in the big 10 championship game that you're going to be able to win if Sean Clifford is healthy? I think I was, I, I think Penn state's the better team. I thought that was very clear. I didn't even think Penn State played a great game. And they were still up by two scores late in that game. So I, Iowa fans, you can, you can hate what I'm saying, but if you're sitting here pounding your chest and, and mocking Penn State, you better be careful uh, as the Big Ten championship game comes along because I think you're going to have some issues with whoever comes out of the East. So that's, that's the Big Ten power rankings. I have Iowa one right now, Penn State two, Ohio State three. Let me move to the top 10, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about Iowa and, and Penn State in the national conversation. I'll start again at 10. Michigan at 10. Uh, I dropped Michigan State outside of the top 10 just barely. I have Ole Miss right outside the top 10 as well. Michigan, number 10. Again, they, they struggled with – Nebraska, but I thought they they at least were explosive against Nebraska. I, I thought Hassan uh, Hassan Haskins in particular was just excellent in that game. Uh, Ohio State at nine. I had them eighth last week. And you might think, how do you drop Ohio State a spot after beating Maryland sixty six to seventeen? And my answer is, they haven't played anybody. Like, and again. No offense to Rutgers and Maryland, but who's their best win? Is it Rutgers or is it Maryland? Or is it the team that they beat in week one that lost to Bowling Green? I, they haven't beaten anybody. They haven't played anybody. You know, I'm curious to see what they do against Indiana, who has, I think, a pretty good defense. I, they have... No offense right now, but I'm very curious to see what Ohio State does against Indiana uh, in two weeks. They're, they're on a bye this week. I have Kentucky eight, and people are probably going to hate that pick, but Kentucky has beaten Florida. And before you say, well, Florida's four and two, just like Maryland, let, let's just be real. Do you, think, do you think Maryland stays within three touchdowns of Florida? 
No. That's why Kentucky's eight. They're probably going to get beat by Georgia anyway this week. But Kentucky's eight this week. I have Oregon at seven. Listen, if you're talking about power rating, I have Ohio State ahead of Oregon. Oregon has the head-to-head win over Ohio State. By nature of what the polls are supposed to be, you can't rank Oregon below Ohio State at this point. Oregon's best win is against Ohio State. Oregon's best win, like they, they have none. Like Oregon has the better resume, despite the fact that they lost to Stanford. So I have Oregon at seven. They were sixth last week. I have Penn State sixth. Again, close loss to Iowa. Probably shouldn't have lost that game. But the issue with Penn State is that the wins that were much more highly rated earlier in the season no longer look as good. So they beat Auburn. Auburn's no longer ranked in the top 25. I would probably still have them borderline top 25 team, but it's not as good of a win. Wisconsin, I mean, they look hapless right now. I know they won 24 nothing, but is Wisconsin going to be seven and five or six and six and limp to a bowl game? Like maybe. So I, I think right now Penn State's wins don't look nearly as good. And so they are, they are sixth. They have a, they have a good loss but their wins are, are kind of, eh, you know, Alabama at five. And I know I'll get a lot of vitriol on this, but listen, you know, they lost to Texas A&M. It's not a great, it's not a great loss, right? It's not a great loss. Texas A&M struggled with Mississippi state and they lost, they struggled with Colorado, barely won that game. Texas A&M was playing a backup quarterback and two true freshmen on the line. Alabama also has wins against uh, Ole Miss, who I think is a really good team. They went over Florida at Florida. Like those are, those are good wins. And at least right now, and this is, this is the context of a top 10 right now, Alabama has a better resume than Penn state. So I've got Alabama at five at four. I have Cincinnati. Uh, they, I had them seventh last week, Cincinnati, I think right now their, their door of opportunity is starting to open a little bit. Their window of opportunity is starting to open. They needed an SEC team to lose, uh, Alabama lost. They needed BYU to lose and BYU lost. They needed Oklahoma to lose, but Oklahoma did not lose and Cincinnati, but Cincinnati has some wiggle room here to, to maybe make an argument to get in that 14 playoff. So that's great for Cincinnati. You know, that win against Notre Dame is big, at least for the moment. I have Iowa at three and Iowa fans. I know you're going to get upset, but this is about context. You beat a Penn state team whose second string quarterback couldn't get the cadence, right? That is not that impressive. It's just not. And like, I, I think if Iowa wins out, they are in the playoff. Like, so before anyone gets really upset, like Iowa has a, like they control their own destiny, but Iowa fans, you need to understand something. If you think 
that that entitles you to to think you're you're gonna run the table and you're gonna you're gonna do great the rest of the way. Listen, Penn State was better, easily better. Iowa was very lucky to escape that with a win, and I cannot give a lot of credit for that win because, quite honestly, you should have lost. And so I ha- I can't put you more any better than three. The reason why I have you ahead of Cincinnati is because of the head to head comparison with, with the Indiana game, but I have Iowa at three, I have Oklahoma at two and that again, two through four is really hard to rank. And then five through nine is really hard to rank. And then everything after that is just a disaster, quite honestly, because I don't believe in Michigan. I don't believe in Michigan state right now. I think they're good teams. I don't believe that they're elite teams. Um, I don't believe that Kentucky's elite either, but they have a better win. But Oklahoma, to me, they they beat Texas. That's a, a decent win. Uh, I, I know people will say, well, their, the rest of their resume is, is not that great, but I don't know what to do between Iowa's win. I put that for those of you listening, podcast in air quotes, I don't know what to do with that versus Texas, Texas's uh, collapse against Oklahoma. And to me, I think Oklahoma turned a corner a bit by putting Caleb Williams in, uh, putting that he's a true freshman quarterback who, who really turned that, that game around. And I, listen, are we really going to sit here and argue that, Oklahoma probably doesn't have better talent than Iowa and Cincinnati. Cause I think the resumes are kind of comparable, especially if, if Iowa had won cleanly, then I would have them too with complete conviction. But the reality is, I, I don't think you can say that they win that game. If Clifford stays in the game. And I, I think Oklahoma right now if we're if we're talking about undefeated teams i think oklahoma beats iowa and i think oklahoma beats cincinnati and i think their resumes are pretty similar all three of them have a top 25 win and oklahoma came back in a rivalry game so right now i have oklahoma two honestly i i don't i think you could rank any of those teams two through four in any order georgia's the obvious number one it's not close. Nobody is close to Georgia in terms of resume or in terms of talent right now. That can change. You know, Georgia's probably going to have to deal with Bama and then they're going to have to deal with some playoff teams. And I think Oklahoma can get there. But right now that's, that's the top 10. We're going to take a quick playoff, uh, quick commercial break, and then I will be back. We're going to talk about the rankings more. We're going to, I'm going to rant a little bit about the rankings, and then we're going to talk about the playoff picture. So we will be back on the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. 
we're going to talk a little bit about the rankings and the playoff uh, a little bit more in depth because right now we're starting to get into that rhythm and routine playoff rankings are going to start coming out soon and everybody is losing their minds on particularly Alabama's ranking. It's rigged. Alabama's number five. Why is Alabama five? Why is Penn State below them? I don't understand. Why is Ohio State not ranked third? Okay. Part of this is my regular frustration with this sport. And I love this sport. I love it dearly. But until you have a playoff system that is mostly, if not fully objective, the opinions of fans and pollsters and media are all over the place. Just look at the playoff committee. What, what, how do you determine who gets in? Well, it's, it's power ratings and resume and strength of schedule and they look better. And did they win a conference championship some years? That matters. Some years it doesn't matter. And it is so subjective. It, it is impossible to get, uh, to, to really know who the best team is. And yet their prerogative, or not prerogative, their, their mission is to find the four best teams in college football. Well, and then people start saying, okay, well, the four best teams are the four most talented teams. And then you have teams like Iowa, who's, you know, if you look at ratings and whatnot, they're like, it's about who deserves it. And who do you play and strength of schedule and all that stuff. And then you get in this debate of, well, is it most deserving? Is it best? Is it this? Is it that? And so everybody then, has their own opinion about how teams should be ranked. And you see that even in the AP poll and the coaches poll. Well, the coaches poll, the, the coaches poll is just even more ridiculous because different coaches will coach or will vote based on conference allegiance. You know, some coaches they have their, you know, the assistant quality control guy fill out their poll. You know, and then you have Dabo Sweeney, who's like, I'm going to vote Ohio State 11th because they haven't played many people. Good job, Dabo. Uh, I will take every chance I can get to troll Dabo, by the way. Great coach, great coach, but Ohio State wasn't 11th last year. Uh, anyway, rankings are dumb. Like, and, and pollsters, you know, and they're, they're paid, they're, they're the media, they're paid to cover their teams. There's, they're regional most of the time. So they don't have a pulse on what's really going on. They look at scores and they're like, oh, I think this and I think that. And then they come up with a top 25 where they probably don't know more than six or eight teams. And then they try to come up with this top 25. And that's how you get Coastal Carolina at 12th when they haven't played anybody. But they're undefeated. And then you have other people who are like, I'm, you know, 
the SEC has all the best teams. So I'm just going to rank them one through 14 and then everybody else starting at 15. That doesn't actually happen, but it seems like that sometimes. So everybody, every pollster has their own ranking system, how they weight things, and then they're, they're misinformed and all these things. So you get these polls that often are just wrong and dumb. But what's worse is then there's fan reaction to the polls and there is a lot of vitriol and a lot of frustration and people are just confused. So I'm going to just try to tease it out a little bit of how I think we should, one, view rankings and how we should rank teams. And then two, why it matters how we rank these teams. And I'm going to talk about some of the implications. So one, how should we rank teams? If we're going to live in a world where we have to live with rankings and not objectivity, you know, like the NFL playoffs, where if you win your division, you go to the playoffs. Gee, wouldn't that be nice? You know, it's simple. You know, we want to know how to get to the playoffs. Win your division or have the best record. It doesn't work that way in college football. Why? Because reasons. Because Mark Emmert can't figure out anything in the NCAA. You get paid $3 million a year. Do something. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Anyway, to do rankings right, you have to, you cannot project into the future because the, the weekly rankings are meant to be the rankings for that week. They are not meant to project in the future. Let me give you an example. In my, in my poll this week, not that I vote in the AP poll, but if I did, I, I firmly, firmly believe, and I didn't believe this for a while, but I firmly believe Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten. I don't think it's close. Like I, I, I saw, I've seen Ohio State twice now in person. I think the only back seven that might be able to check them at all in terms of their receivers is Penn State's. I think everybody else is in a lot of trouble. I think if Ohio State played Georgia, Georgia might be in trouble. Now, I'm not saying they would beat Georgia, but the way that C.J. Stroud's slinging it, the way that their receivers are playing, Jeremy Ruckert at tight end, Travion Henderson really coming on, that offensive line really gelling. You're talking about probably at least four or five first-round picks on that offense, at least in the next two to three years. That's a lot of talent. I firmly believe that they are the best team in the Big Ten right now. I cannot rank them higher than ninth. Maybe there's an argument for eighth. But want to know why I can't rank them higher than ninth? Because they haven't proven it against anybody. They lost to Oregon. That is an actual thing. Like, if you want me to rank them above Oregon then we might as well just get rid of the college football season and have a beauty contest and say, this one looks prettier than that one. That's my final four. Which is kind of what the playoff has felt like over the past few years. But like, we all hate that, right? Well, then I can't put Ohio State 
ahead of a team that beat them with the same record. At least not until Ohio State beats other teams that are good. And I don't mean good as in like 500 teams. I mean good as in, hey, they might be able to compete for the conference championship or a playoff bid. Ohio State's played nobody. At least no one in that in that category. Right? So I can't put Ohio State a higher than, than ninth at this point because Kentucky's beat somebody who's, who's pretty good. And, you know, Penn State has beaten a couple teams that, well, they beat Auburn, which I think Auburn is a, is a better win than pollsters are giving them credit for. I think it's a good win. Alabama has a couple of top 25 wins. I mean, so I, I, I use that to, to say, I think by the end of the year, I think it's going to be Ohio State versus Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. I, I think it's either Ohio State, Iowa, or Penn State, Iowa. And listen, I, th- I think Ohio State might throttle Iowa if, if they continue to progress the way they are. But I cannot put them higher than ninth because of what they have accomplished to date against the competition that they have faced. You just can't do it. It's why Penn State is ranked below Alabama because Alabama's wins are better than Penn State's right now. Despite the fact that Penn State lost to the number two team in the AP poll, I cannot put Penn State any higher than sixth. I cannot put them above Alabama. Before you say, well, that's Alabama bias. Listen, if Penn State beats Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State, you know who's going to be above Alabama? Penn State. But they haven't done it yet. So I can't do it. And then, you know, I'm going to get to Iowa. And here's the problem with with Iowa. That, That win needs an asterisk. Because... It, it needs an asterisk, and yet you have to honor the result. Because you know what? Iowa could have folded. Spencer Petrus doesn't have to throw that 44-yard touchdown. You know, he could have he could have botched it. They could have just kept running the ball. But you know what? I, I will say this. Iowa did what they had to do to win the game which I know probably sounds like a, a total flip-flop, but in the, in the sense of rankings, you have to rank Iowa as an undefeated team because they did win the game. Now, I think Iowa's going to get beat in the Big Ten championship game. I'll go on record right now and say that. And Iowa fans can troll me if I'm wrong. And by the way, Iowa fans, if you're listening, just understand, I have been on the bandwagon for Iowa since the beginning of the year. Like, I loved Iowa. I said they were going to be 11-1 and and get to the Big Ten Championship game. They might get be 12-0. and Like, I don't know who's going to beat them, at least in the regular season. But listen, it was very clear they were not the best team on Saturday. They were not the best team. 
And yet I have to rank them because rank them in the context of their record and their results. They're six and oh. On paper, they have a win against Penn State, and you have to honor it. And you know what? Iowa will get a chance, most likely, to prove that they are for real as a playoff contender when they get to Indianapolis, if they don't blow it beforehand. They will get a chance, and actually, if they, even if they lose a game, they will get a chance to prove it. They'll get a chance to prove it against Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan, or Michigan State, and they will get a chance to prove whether they're for real or not. But until that time, if Iowa keeps winning, Iowa's going to stay in my top four. You know, if Oklahoma loses and if Georgia loses and Cincinnati loses, right? Like Iowa could be the number one team in the country. It doesn't mean I think they're the best team. It means that you have to value them based on their ranking, uh, based on their record and the context of their results. Doesn't mean I think they're the best. It means that what they have done and what they've earned thus far is how I am ranking them. So we have to understand that. Rankings are not about who I think is better. Rankings are about who I think have, has accomplished the most. And ultimately, as time goes on, we will find out more, which will help our rankings reflect more of who the better teams are. Because you know what? The better teams are going to win more games. Like if Ohio State really is as good as I think they will be, you know what? They'll go 12 and one and they'll be ranked in the top four. They'll probably be ranked third or second. If Alabama really isn't as good as we think they are, they'll lose another game or two and they won't make the playoff and they'll be ranked below other teams. If Penn State really is a playoff team, they will run the table and they will get in the playoff. But please do not get upset about your ranking just because you think your team is playing good ball or just because you think there's bias. Alabama is fifth for a good reason. I think they might have the best resume of any team in college football. Georgia probably has, has a better one. But again, if you really want to start picking things apart, you know, if, if Oklahoma played Alabama's schedule, would they have fared any better? Would Iowa, if they played Alabama's schedule, Cincinnati played Alabama's schedule, like would any of those teams still be undefeated if they played Alabama's schedule? Probably not. Like how would Penn State, Oregon, Kentucky, Ohio State, Michigan fare against Alabama's schedule? I don't know. Probably not as good or at best equal. So we, we have to understand that in the context of rankings and understand we are not, there, there's not a fight for the playoff yet, right? The only playoff rankings that really matters at the end of the year. We'll get to playoff rankings and we'll, we'll do all that when, when they start coming out around, I think Halloween time. And we'll, we'll see what the, what the committee's thinking I think it'll be very curious to see where Cincinnati is in those rank in those initial rankings because we'll kind of actually see what they think of Cincinnati. If Cincinnati is down in the, you know, 
eight to 10 range, then it probably tells us that they're not getting in the playoff this year. We'll see how they, what they consider Iowa and Penn state. But the reality is as we're ranking teams, you have to do it in the context of where we are right now, not down the road. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what other people are doing. There are other, other groups that don't do that. And they're just saying, I'm, I'm ranking who I think the best teams are. And you know what? That's their thing. College football nerds. That's what they do. They're really great at it. People get mad at them all the time. It's like, how could you rank? Oh, they, uh, I think they were Georgia, Ohio state, Alabama, or Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state. And like, how could you do that? They have losses. And it's like, they're not trying to rank based on that criteria. They're doing a power rating, a straight power rating. And that's fine. That's their prerogative. That's not how the polls need to work. So that's my rant. I'm going to get off my second or third soapbox here. Uh, the, the solution is, and I'll probably rant more about this later on in the season, especially as playoff rankings start to come out, is Mark Emmert, do your job. Find an objective solution for the playoff because this four-team playoff stinks. I'm going to end on that note. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening. And feel free to hit me with all the vitriol you want, or feel free to leave a, a, a nice remark as well. Uh, make sure to review, to follow, subscribe. Thanks for listening. God bless. Yeah.